Hello and welcome to According to John. Today's topic or question is, what is the difference between Catholics and Christians? Heard that question a thousand times my first two years in upstate New York. Right. And I haven't hardly ever heard it anymore, but I used to hear it every day. It, every, it every used day. to be a constant. And what brought this up was, well, I was asked for one. And then I was in a discussion with a family that has started coming to uh, the church and she, her whole life is Catholic. And then now she starts coming mm-hmm. here. So obviously this church is way different than what a Catholic church would be. Mm-hmm. And, um, she was, well, she was just struggling. Yeah. Yeah. What's, what's the difference? It's a great question. Yeah. Yeah. And, and listen, understand, understand, uh, we intend no offense with this question, but we have to answer it, right? That's what according to John does. Yeah. My, my, my wife was Catholic and uh, I was Protestant and I didn't even know what Protestant meant, but that's what my mama told me I was. So I don't want to argue with her. She feeds right. me and she loves me. So I guess I'm a Protestant. Oh, Whatever listen. Yeah. And that's the thing is we literally all the time get the question, what is the difference between Catholics and Christians? And then when I'm discussing with that, or we're having a discussion about scripture, one of the biggest things that people say that are Catholic is this, which is another reason why we need to do the podcast, because they'll say, I'm not Christian, I'm Catholic. Yeah. I hate to hear that, but uh, I've heard that again, thousands of times. But, but it's a significant difference. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, you know, it all comes down to one point, and I know you, you're, that's where you're starting uh, as well, so I I'm, I'm just have exactly the same thought pattern. It, 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 there, there's, uh, you know, many doctrinal differences, right? and we're going to look at some of those today, the most important ones. But it really comes down to this. There's either one authority or there's more than one authority. Right. In a I in the Christian, the Word of God is our That's sole our, yes. only authority, and we're going to show that, and we're going to show the verses on it. And then, three hundred and twelve years A.D., we have the signing of the Edict of in of Milan by Emperor Constantine in Rome, and we have the birth of what had became the Roman Catholic Church. Now, the the Church of Jesus had already been here for over three hundred years with one authority the word of god search the scriptures jesus said they testify of me don't add to the scriptures don't take away from the scriptures as the scriptures were closing and so it's all going to come down to that huge historical event and i have a podcast called what happened in babylon didn't stay in babylon (laughs) yeah great podcast the history of really what happened in the fourth century because it affects our lives today right yeah, and, and if you haven't heard that podcast and you need to go to Pastor Duke on any podcast platform and listen to it because the whole idea is that we teach truth. That is what we're here for. And the intent of this podcast is that Catholics would study the Bible and what the Bible says about being a Christian for themselves and then perhaps consider just consider that the Catholic faith is not the best representation of what the Bible describes. Yeah, my wife was Catholic, parochial school, Italian uh, uh, family, 
And she began to do that as a Catholic, reading the Bible. She came across things from the scriptures that created uh, interest, (laughs) frustration, actually, more than interest. Like she would read in the Bible, call no man on earth father. And it's talking in a religious sense, not your dad. Not your dad. And and yet in her uh, Catholic tradition, they were told to call the priest father. father. And so you have the church. And you have the scriptures. And she was taught uh, to the Stations of the Cross, and they would do uh, prayers uh, for travels to St. Christopher and light candles or to St. Jude for health issues and and various uh, of the saints. And that all came out of paganism Mm -hmm. when they prayed to different gods for different needs. And that kind of filtered in, if you look at how the Catholic Church was birthed. And so she would see there's one mediator in her Bible, right, one mediator right. between man and God, the man Christ Jesus, and um, then, and then, of course, that creates more conflict because it's yeah. like, well, wait a minute. Well, we go to the church and they tell us this, and we go to the Bible, and it says that. Right. And so that's the contention that happens in Catholic hearts. Right. This had nothing to do with me and you. This Absolutely. Is, yeah. yeah. Uh, I wasn't on the scene. Here's my wife, and she's a young lady trying to find who am I, why am I here, where am I going as a young woman in the early 70s, and, and she well, and, and the truth is we want to understand what we've been taught, not just believe it. Yeah, you're a Catholic, you believe this. I was taught that you're a Protestant, this is what you believe. I didn't know what I believed, but I was told that, that you believe this. Right. And things like your grandfather would roll over in his grave if he knew you were asking these questions. Right. Well, I think any question is a good question, you know, and you're, I think you're allowed to go to ask any, any question is a good question if you're willing to accept the truth when you find yeah, out the yeah. answer. Yeah, go to the Bible and get the answer. Exactly. And that's what my wife did, and she saw these uh, contradictions, and then we're going to look at that today. Uh, here's what the Bible says, <laughs> and, and for her, that was the answer. Right. It wasn't somebody uh, evangelical, fundamentalist, Christian coming say, you're wrong, we're right. It was just like, hey, there's a God who created us. He gave us his word. What does he say? And then that, that's where the resolve of right. the conflict always right. comes. That's what our direction is today, to and, resolve things. And that, that's exactly what we want to do. And, and one other thing I want to say is, as a background, if you want, uh, go back to and listen to the podcast that we did what is a christian i think it's a great place to start as well just looking at the bible that's looking at the bible exactly so with that being said let's go to the lord in prayer before we get started let's play, pray brother mm-hmm. dear heavenly father lord we come before you father thank you for this time together thank you for this time in the podcast and we ask that you would be glorified that truth would be understood father and that as we as Duke and I continue on this podcast, Father, that we just teach truth according to your word and that it is received in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so a key distinction between Catholics and Christians is the view of the Bible. That Bottom line. That really is the key, right? So Catholics view the Bible as having equal authority with the church and tradition and i would interject here up until 312 a.d there was no tradition it was only the bible just saying just right <laughs> i'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings but no it's, it's, it's a it, fact these historical facts. yeah 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 and so christians view the bible as the supreme authority for faith and practice plus nothing minus nothing amen if the, and what i find humorous at times is even for 
Christians, and I'm using that term lightly because I'm actually going to use a different term as we go on. Mm -hmm. When I find someone come up to me who's a Christian or they claim to be one, they will say, God has given me peace or God has told me to do this or told me to do that. And then I will say, well, listen, the Bible clearly speaks the opposite of what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And so if the Bible speaks the opposite of what you feel God is telling you, then you're wrong. And or the, they're wrong or God's a schizophrenic. Right. And I, I don't think God's a schizophrenic. <laughs> exactly. Like, like there's got to be an issue somewhere, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, it's kind of like we had a discussion one night on a Wednesday night between uh, many of us, and I presented a question, and the re one of the responses I got was, well, I did this. I was a Christian at the time, but I did this, and I was ignorant, and I didn't know it was wrong. I didn't know it was a sin. And, I mean, it was a clear, obvious, blatant sin as a Christian, right? And then I said, okay, so if that's the truth, then you have to say that God is a failure. The Holy Spirit is a failure because if you're a Christian and you had zero conviction, we were talking about abortion, and you had zero conviction about that, then either God failed to convict you of the sin, which is his job, the Holy Spirit's job, or you weren't a Christian. Like, I mean, it's one or the other. You can't, you can't claim both either, either because the Holy Spirit's job is to convict us of sin, right? Mm -hmm. So either God failed to do his job or you weren't really a Christian. It's, I mean, it's, it's just as black and white as what we were saying here. This kind of confusion is what led me to frame probably my most uh, precious uh, dukeism, some people call them. Don't let people mess you up about God. <laughs> let God straighten you out about people, yeah, right? I love hearing other people say that. <laughs> but, yeah, but listen, if, if, if the Bible is supreme authority, then you cannot go against the scriptures and expect it to be truth. Mm -hmm. I've heard people say, well, I wasn't convicted about that, so it's okay. Oh, wait a minute. No, God has spoken. Right. And that's... And yeah. the Holy Spirit will take what right. God has spoken, and right. he will convict. Right. And if you're without conviction, then I would say you're without the Holy Spirit. Right. And if you're out without the Holy Spirit, you are none of his right. in biblical terminology. Especially when the Bible calls it sin, clearly sin, then... You, you can't say you have no conviction over what God says not to do. Yeah, Jesus said the Holy Spirit's purpose is to convict the world of right. sin, of righteousness, and judgment. Right. And that's just what he does. I remember after I got saved, uh, I started to take God's name in vain. You know, I said, Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. He's coming again. He loves me with all his heart. I love him too. And just without knowing the scripture about taking God's name in vain, the Holy Spirit is in me. Conviction, immediate. Con immediate mm -hmm. conviction. And right. that, that right. was one of the evidences that right. I knew I had been saved. Right. Because I didn't feel big. You know, I said a prayer, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I believe in you, Jesus. Please forgive me in my sins. Come in my heart and save me. And, you know, I, I, I didn't get a big, you know, uh, Shekinah glory right. moment. The world room didn't begin to spin. I didn't hear voices and I didn't see lights flashing. But... The conviction right. of the Holy right. Spirit was there as evidence. So I was talking to a 
a friend of mine who uh, was struggling with whether they were saved or not. And I use this phrase, if you are what you were, then you ain't. Mm. Amen. And he said, I was struggling, struggling, struggling. And then I realized I'm not what I was, so I am. <laughs> My time That's what he said. I'm not what yeah. I was, so I am. Because some of the things that he used to do, he no longer has peace about doing it. Yeah. I think I know why. Right? <laughs> because now he's reading the Bible, and the authority of the Bible is now taking over his yeah. life, which is evidence of salvation. Yeah. Screaming evidence yeah. of salvation. So the question is, how does the Bible present itself? That is what we're going to talk about because... Once we understand the scriptures, then as a Christian, you're going to go, okay, I agree. But as a Catholic, if you still stand on the church and traditions, you, you're you not a Christian. It's kind of where it comes down to. So in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, it says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's that's how the Bible presents itself to do for us. Revelation uh, twenty-two, the last chapter, last thought, the last chapter. Is that in your text here? I think I'm. No, go ahead. Okay. Um, he, I should. He just went through the text, and I'm old <laughs> enough now. I can, I can forget. <laughs> John's very patient with me. Yes. But it's it, it's very important, and it says, "Don't add to the scriptures, and don't take away, or the plagues that are in this book will be added unto you." And so. The scriptures are our authority, right. plain and simple. And right. there's a, a hundred verses in the Bible that say exactly right. the same thing. And that's the thing. The The text tells us, John, Second uh, Timothy 3, 16 through 17, uh, tells us that scripture is not just the beginning and it's not just the basics um, or it's okay for church tradition like that. It doesn't tell us that it says it is all authority. I'm going to read your notes there because they're fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> Scroll back down. Uh, it is the scriptures are not just a foundation for a more complete church tradition, right? It's one and done, right? God gave his word, follow it. Church tradition didn't even begin for another uh, 300 years. Right. And, and that's when people hold on to, church tradition, there's a problem. For example, uh, I have a pastor friend of mine. He has since moved, but he used to be down the road from us and he needed some help. So I agreed to go over and help. And I said, but listen, I'm going to bring over, uh, my church family and, uh, the kids from church. So I'm going to ask you if you want our help, we're more than happy to help you out, but I'm going to respectfully ask you not to speak in tongues while they're here Mm -hmm. or around them because they don't understand that. And he responded with, well, John, you don't understand. That's our tradition. And I said, you don't understand. Your tradition is going to get in the way of biblical truth. Mm -hmm. Because Paul says, don't speak in tongues in the church because people will think you're crazy and it's to no benefit and it's self-edification. Yeah, he said, I'd rather speak five words in a known language than 10,000 in a language that nobody understands. It right. creates confusion. God's not the author of confusion. It says right, right in that text. So, 
we have to follow scripture and not tradition. And that's what I'm saying. And, yeah. but, and, it's, not and, not, and it's not just the Catholic church that, that violates Yeah, that. that's what I was going to say. It's in different churches have traditions. And, you know, uh, if I'm a Baptist preacher and if I have a, a tradition in our church that doesn't line up with scripture, then the tradition's got to go. We did some things in early day. We call that's it legalism. That's so true, though, man. You know, I was in part of a church that uh, women weren't allowed to wear uh, pants at, at church, and then they kind of extended it. Women weren't allowed to wear slacks or pants uh, anywhere. And uh, you can't find that in the Bible. Right. That was a, a man-made rule, and man-made And it was for the Jews. Tradition. It was very specific for the Jews, man. It wasn't even for the church. But you get into some of these things, and I think. How about Hiles, Hiles Anderson? They had tra- oh their, their tradition was, if you didn't wear a black suit with a white shirt and a black tie, you weren't saved. Yeah, it was pretty extreme. <laughs> it was so crazy extreme. When we're here, we'll, we'll beat up all tradition, not just Catholic tradition. Exactly right. And I've had it even in it creeping into my own right. uh, my own experience, and I had to come to the point. I thought I was very spiritual because my girlfriends didn't wear slacks and I didn't let my hair touch my ear because that was, I'm more spiritual than other people. Dude, you, you're full of sin now. (laughs) I just look me. I'm perfect. I had to get everything wrong before I got anything right. You know, listen. when it comes to the hair, you're full of sin and I'm perfect. Oh yeah. 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 So (laughs) it took me a second to get hold of that, you know, Uh, that's so funny. I don't know why we love each other so much, man. It don't make any sense. Does it? Oh my goodness. But you know, so that's what it is for uh, when the scripture tells us, you know, um, uh, or the church says it's all about tradition, but the truth is scripture is perfect and fully sufficient for everything in the Christian life. There you go. It is not tradition. It is it's, it's scripture. It's the word of God, right? And so scripture can teach us to rebuke, to correct, to train and to equip. That's what it tells us in second Timothy three sixteen and 17. Well, that means direct application to us, mm-hmm. right? And so Bible Christians, and I'm using the term Bible Christians because if someone says they're a Christian but they don't follow the Word of God, they're not biblical Christians. I, I called myself a Christian before I was a Christian. I was a Protestant Christian. My wife was a Catholic Christian. Right. Neither one of us knew the Scriptures. We just uh, we celebrated Christmas and Easter, so we were Christer Christians. I Amen. call them Christers, man, <laughs> right? And, and here's the thing. Just so you know, biblical Christians or Bible Christians, we don't deny tradition such as baptism by full immersion because it's in the scriptures. Yeah, that's not even a tradition. That's a commandment from the Bible. How about the ordinance of the Lord's Supper? The Lord's Supper. That's not a tradition. That's the Word of God. Exactly. And by practicing the Word of God, somebody could come along by the definition of the word tradition and say, well, that's your tradition. That's your tradition. But it's a biblical tradition. Exactly. So the whole idea and what I hope to encourage to our Catholic friends is to study the word of God for them, for yourself. Just, just look into the scriptures, study it out and really be honest with yourself and go, okay, this is what the Bible says. This is what my tradition or what I believe. Oh, it goes contrary to the Bible. So I have to Get rid of the tradition and hang on to the scriptures. We teach the kids the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the word of God. The B-I-B-L-E. There you go. <laughs> a little delay there, but you, so, <laughs> you get the point. You get the point. So listen, in God's word, you will find God's description and intention for his church. Yeah. 
2 Timothy 2.15. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly Rightly dividing the word of truth. I love the verse, and I think it's Romans 4. Yea, let God be true, God's word be true, and every, every man, man a liar. Why? That you may be justified That's in your right. saints. You may overcome when you are judged. People come and say, well, you said that. It's like, no, right. God said that. Right. So I, I so. did a Mother's Day sermon, and as I'm reading it, you know where it says, wives, submit to your husband? <laughs> Dude, probably six times I said, listen, Ladies, I'm reading the scriptures. <laughs> like this isn't I'm not saying this. God said it. I'm just reading it to you because people are getting jacked up by it. And the reality is if you're jacked up by it, you have a spiritual problem. Mm-hmm. And it's qualification for men how to do that, how to lead and yeah, how to and guide and when they're doing that, everybody's happy. Submission. Yeah. So yeah, when so when the guy's not doing his job and the woman's not doing her job, uh, we're gonna have we're gonna have issues in the in yeah. the home. Two sides of that coin every time. And yeah. somebody wants to get mad at the yeah. scriptures because they're I know. <laughs> it's offensive to right. them. But <laughs> I did say, uh, guys, I'll come to you here shortly when <laughs> Father's Day comes around. <laughs> Listen, the second key difference between Catholics and Bible Christians is the understanding of how we can approach God. Yeah, that's you. But I think I think that is the thing that trips up Catholics more than anything. It tripped up Protestants too. It did. Because my whole idea, and this is the the biggest of all Satan's lies, I think, I thought to go to heaven to be a Christian, you got the list of do's, yep. list of don'ts. And, and that's why a lot of people work. don't want to be Christians because they're like, yeah, I fail at all that. <laughs> I was wrong on everything. And uh, so I was like, there's no, there's no chance for me. But I honestly thought that, it, okay, here's the list, the do's and don'ts, and just get at it. And if you do good enough, you make it. And that's what my wife thought as a Catholic. Right. And, boy, God had way better news than that. Well, because then it comes down to, all right, if we're going to be good enough, how good is good enough? It's a great question. And by whose standard? Mm-hmm. When have I crossed the finish line? And all these different religions have different standards. My my grandma was a Jehovah's Witness till she got saved, and she wasn't allowed to practice uh, or uh, celebrate Christmas, any holidays or, or nothing. birthdays or holidays, and couldn't talk to a family member that didn't agree with them mm-hmm. or that. Yeah. Oh my goodness, it was horrible. Couldn't go to any other religious service, and uh, right, and uh, so. It just, it gets so complicated until you come back to the scriptures. Then it sorts it all out. Exactly. Catholics tend to approach God through intermediaries, such as Mary Mm -hmm. and the saints, which you were talking about earlier. Blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Pray for us now and now of our death. In Jesus' name, amen. I wasn't even Catholic, and I learned that because I wanted to get brownie points with uh, my wife's family. (laughs) and I, I love them. I didn't really pray. It means nothing to me except for I get closer to my wife's family. Yeah, yeah. and and, uh, I didn't really believe that that's a legitimate prayer because Mary is not an intermediary. Well, even in Luke, Mary says, thank you, God, for my Savior. Mm -hmm. My Savior. My Savior. Only sinners need saviors. Hello. Mary's a godly woman and loved the Lord. But uh, But she needed a Savior. But but there again, it points it out that she is in the Catholic faith an intermediary in, in the Bible. There's just one. Exactly. Well, Christ Jesus. Christians approach God directly. And we don't listen. We go straight to the Lord. Hebrews 4, 16. 
Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let us therefore come boldly to what? To the throne of grace, not to a priest. Dial direct. Thank you, Lord. Hello, right? Listen, God desires us to pray to him to have communion with him, to ask him for things that we need. A personal relationship, huh? That's what it comes down yeah, to. Yeah, it's not a system. It's a it's a relationship. It is. Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. God. Direct. direct. Amen. Straight to God. Matthew 7, 7 through 8. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. It's, now, this isn't, doesn't mean if you ask God, he'll give you everything that you ask for. If you ask God for things that line up with his will, he'll yeah, do that. According to his will. According Amen. to his will. But the bottom line is, who do we go to? God. Because this is Jesus saying this, right? Uh, how about First John five fourteen and 15? Now, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, his being God's will, the Father's will, right, That's uh, or uh, to God, he will hear us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. And so who do we go to? We go to God. Mm-hmm. We go to God. We go to God. And so there's no need for mediators or, or intermediaries uh, intermediaries, because <laughs> uh, Christ is our only mediator. Check this out. First Timothy two, five is what you were saying earlier. There is one God and one mediator between God and man and men. And that is the man, Christ Jesus. We only need one. And he gave us one. And I've had people explain to me, oh, I'm not so bold that I would just try to come directly to Jesus. I'll go to his mother. I'm like, show me that verse. Right. His mother said, don't come to me. (laughs) I'm going to the Savior. Right. And look, even when she wanted things done, she knew that she couldn't do them. She had to go to the Savior. Yeah. She pointed people. She said uh, to the apostles, whatever Jesus says to you. That's right. Do that. Do that. Yeah. Because. That'll keep you out of a lot of trouble. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't know that when we were young, did we, Johnny? No, we did not. And I don't know that it mattered when we were young. (laughs) Uh, It wasn't until Jesus, right? But the reality is, guys, here we have in Scripture. In Scripture, the Bible, and it doesn't matter if it's the Catholic Bible or if it's the Protestant Bible or if it's the Baptist Bible Mm -hmm. or it's the Word of God, and it says there is one God, one mediator between uh, God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. He's the only mediator, the only way to heaven. Now, the cool thing is he's not the only one. He prays for us too, and he's not the only one that prays for us, which we're actually going to get to here in just a second. And that is, we have Jesus and we have the Holy Spirit who are interceding on our behalf. Mm-hmm. That's so wonderful. Because there's no saints anywhere. That intercession is 24 mm-hmm. 7. His eye is on the sparrow and, it, and his heart is upon us. It, and, and when we don't know what to pray for, the Holy Spirit yeah. knows. We so quickly tune him out, he never tunes us out. Isn't that Isn't amazing? That, oh, my goodness. So here we have Romans eight twenty six through 27, and it says this, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. 
for we do not know what to pray for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought but the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered now i just want clarification on this passage because people will say see the groanings and no 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 this is a language between the holy spirit and god the father not between man and god mm-hmm. it is the holy spirit Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Mm-hmm. I think we experience this, and you know, it's, it's just sometimes you're in a hard time, you're struggling, and, and you're just like, "Oh God, help me, help me!" And I don't even—you can't even. Your mind is so full, and things seem to be so hard, and you just like cry out, "Oh God, help me!" And and then without even saying words, there's like a peace that comes. Like he knows, he knows my needs before I ask. He, I don't have to tell him how stupid these people are. That are <laughs> he already knows. And I don't have to explain all that to him because he, he knows. Well, that's and, verse 27. There you go. Verse 27 goes, now he who searches the hearts knows. Searches <laughs> the hearts. He God knows. searches our hearts. You know, when you're seeking, that's comforting. If you're yeah. running... <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> right? So now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, being the Holy Spirit, because he, the Holy Spirit, makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So if God searches the hearts and the Holy Spirit goes in on our behalf and prays for us as well, for who? The saints, which means... Bible Christians. <laughs> Exactly. Same same thing. But also means that the saints of the Catholic Church are doing you or anyone, as far as that goes, no good. A disfavor. And it's just something that men made up. That actually came from paganism, where you pray to various gods. Right. And so when the Emperor Constantine signed the Edict of Milan, he declared by imperial decree that the whole Roman Empire is now Catholic. Which means universal. Universal church. You're a Christian because I say so. And, of course, they opposed him. It was death or banishment from the kingdom if you could flee. And so they viewed Constantine as a god with man. Right. And so when God, that's with a little g, of course, says Jesus is God, they're like, okay. And they changed the name of the pagan temples to Catholic churches. And so there was a mingling like vestments for the the priest that would that was that wasn't part of the biblical church activity. Well, that came from paganism. Holy waters nowhere in the scripture right. came from paganism. Praying to various gods, they just called the gods saints. So they continued the pagan practices. They just kind of put a Christian definition to the old pagan rites. Hey. You can't make this stuff up. Right. This it's, is this is what happened, and the go Catholic, back and do the history. Yeah, and uh, yeah. that's why you, search the history. Yeah, it'll, it's it's eye opening. Well, in sixty, I think it was sixty eight, the Pope publicly announced that Saint Christopher, the traveling saint, mm-hmm. was not a real man. He was made up. The Pope publicly, I, 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 I watched it on YouTube. Yeah, I remember. I mean, everything's on YouTube. <laughs> YouTube wasn't around, but they, they <laughs> captured it. They ca- it yeah, YouTube. they captured it and put it on YouTube, where the Pope publicly said that St. Christopher is not a real saint. He was made up as the traveler's saint. Mm-hmm. So now, 
by the Pope's own own omission, you're praying to nobody. You see, if it ever was true, it's always true. Right. If it ever was true, thy word is truth, but it never was in the scripture ever. It was just one of the man-made traditions and they can change them and they do change. They do change. You can't, uh, you can't eat meat on Friday back in, you know, a lot of younger Catholics don't know that, but here I, I was a Protestant. We, we ate meat on Friday and my cat, my cousins were Catholic Valerie and Michelle Herget. And we were like brother and sister. We, we were really close, love them to death. And they were Catholic, and they saw me eating a bologna sandwich on Friday. They freaked out. They freaked out. out. <laughs> Don't eat it. You'll die and go to hell. And they loved me. You right. Know, and and, I like, and hey, yet we, God says, whatever I give, you give thanks giving for it, and it's good. Yeah, and so I'm like, okay, okay. And I threw the, I'd take my little bologna sandwich on <laughs> it's cool, and just throw the bologna in the in the wastebasket on Friday because my mom was Protestant. She didn't think, she thought it was okay. And I, and I love my mom, but my cousins, I don't want to be wrong on this, you know. Know, and so I, honestly, six, seven years old, I'd look both ways. Okay, God, I'm not going to eat this on Friday. You know, I'd throw it in the trash and eat my Wonder Bread, which right. is child abuse, actually, right. with ketchup. <laughs> oh. But I wasn't, wasn't or, going to go to hell. Over and, of it, course, you sure. could have fish because fish isn't meat. Yeah, right. I wasn't going to go to hell over a piece of bologna. Exactly. <laughs> isn't that silly? It is. But I was sincere. I was just yeah. Sincerely wrong. I was sincerely wrong. Yeah. And it was good to find out that you can eat a bologna sandwich on Friday. There you go. Hebrews 7.25 goes on to say this. Therefore, he is also, God, is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, Jesus, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Man, that's intimate, isn't it? intercession well he always lives to make intercession for anyone who wants to come to god mm-hmm. it's, but it's got to be through jesus mm-hmm. you keep dragging the bible into this John. I'm, I'm trying not to but it's all i got <laughs> <laughs> listen the most crucial difference between catholics and bible christians is on the issue of salvation that is the most crucial and the reason we say the most crucial is because if you miss that you don't go to heaven yeah it ends or begins there absolutely and so catholics view salvation almost entirely as a process while christians view salvation as a completed status because jesus died on the cross for our sins that's completed and cried out it is Finished. finished. Amen. But, you know, it's not only Catholics that believe that. I was a Protestant. I believe that too. But we're focusing on Catholicism because that's what we run right. into mostly up right. here. But I, that's what I believed as a, as a lost Protestant. Yeah. Yeah, because that's what the scriptures say. And Catholics see themselves as being saved while Christians view themselves as having been saved. Mm-hmm. The difference is for a Catholic, they're like, well, I'm saved. I was baptized as an infant. Mm-hmm. For the for the Bible Christian, they're like, mm, I didn't get saved until I followed scripture and gave my life to Jesus Christ yeah. as my Lord and Savior. And when I was old enough to understand, I made a decision for Jesus to be my Savior. Mm-hmm. We say in our circles, based on the Bible, get saved, then get baptized and added to the church. Right. And it's just the opposite. Yeah. In the Catholic Church, the problem is that the scriptures say all throughout, Salvation and then baptism. Yeah. Salvation is a gift of God, not of works, works. any man would boast. Right. First Corinthians one two says to the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, which is saved in Christ Jesus, called to be saints. You're not a saint until you're sanctified. 
with all who in every place call on the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, both theirs and ours. And what he's saying is those who have called on Jesus Christ to be their Lord and Savior, they're now saved, sanctified. They're in the process now of growing. And he calls them saints. Saints. But not until they recognize him as Savior. And in Catholicism, in their tradition, you have to be dead X amount of years, and then there has to be a, a, a school of cardinals thing coming together. I forget what that's called. And they have to make a determination, and they vote you are a saint, or they vote you down, kind of like getting in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> you voted in or voted down. Well, they, and they also talk about um, uh, purgatory. Mm-hmm. But there's there's no such thing in Scripture as purgatory. It's not there. It's just not there. And then what gives man the, the right to determine another man's holiness. Yeah. Well, that was one of the major uh, problems that led to the Protestant Reformation. Martin Luther was a Catholic priest. Yep. Who, uh, the 95 Thesis. Yes. You need and to read that. He saw this place called Purgatory that he was teaching other people. There was such a place, but he couldn't find it in the Scriptures. And then he, he, he knew, you'd, well, we added that, that in such and such year. Like, it was like the year 1217 A.D. They added purgatory as a place. And then they started selling indulgences for people who were Which in makes purgatory. you wonder if that's why they added purgatory, so that they that's could what, sell. That's what he thought. Yep. He was a pretty smart guy. And so they started selling indulgences to get yeah. people time off. Uh, from purgatory, and he and Martin Luther was like, "Wait a minute, guys, that's not what the scriptures say." And he found out some guys that were drunks, and and Martin Luther was a, a holy living man, and he got, found found some guys were out drunk, and they waved their penance papers, their indulgence in his face, like, "Hey, it's okay, I got, <laughs> we gave fifty bucks to the church, and so I'm okay. Don't worry about me, uh, 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 Father." Uh, they called him Father uh, Luther, uh, Martin, Father Martin. It's like, and then Luther's like, ah, yeah. he just went to the scriptures, wrote it all out, 95 thesis. And he, the whole thing was what we're doing here today. Right. Here's what the church says. Here's what the Bible says. That's all it was. The That's 95 it. thesis it changed the history of the world. It did. Right. And what did he say? Go to the scriptures, quit going to the priest, the traditions to the priest. That's all right. direct. So the Bible presents salvation as a gift, right? And that is received the moment a person places their faith in Jesus Christ as Christ, as the Savior. John 3, 16, For God so loved the world or the people that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus, that whoever believes in Jesus should not perish but have everlasting life. Mm-hmm. I don't see mention of uh, baptism, catechism, homogenization. None of that. None of that. None of that. <laughs> Yeah, that, that. That those things, there's things that follow. Now that I am a Christian, I'm listening to Jesus. If he, they, they glad to receive his word, that that's when you're saved. You receive the word. You yep. believe. Yep. Then they were baptized. They, right. First you believe. Then, then you're baptized. You're bapti- that's right. In our tradition, in our Protestant church, we got baptized as infants. I don't remember it, but I had a little certificate. Dookie Herget was baptized. Actually, it was a man who dressed up like a woman who sprinkled me with water, and they called it baptism. And it, it gave me confidence. It was a false confidence. It was a non-biblical confidence, but I really thought I'd see that little but, thing. But, you know, that's easy. That's that's easy. Okay, I can go to heaven and do nothing. But it, it comforted me. I was a little guy. I, you know, I was like 12, and here's my baptismal certificate. I'm a Christian. Look here. Here it is. Right. Well, I was a pagan, but I religion had confused me. But the Bible straightened it right out. It That is. 
always happens if you're willing to believe mm-hmm. the truth of the word of God. When a person receives Christ as Savior, they are justified. Just as if they never sinned. Amen, amen, amen. Romans 5, 9. Much more than having now been justified by Christ's blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through Christ. Mm-hmm. From good. the wrath of God through Christ. We'll be good, saved. Good news. Right? How about uh, one, when a person receives Christ as Savior, they're redeemed, rescued. Brought back off the slave block of uh, exactly. sin. Exactly. 1 Peter 1.18. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by the traditions from your fathers. The the tradition of the fathers was infant baptism. Mm -hmm. And then... Oh, uh, we we paid for our what what, what the, uh, indulgences. Yeah, we paid for our indulgences, right? That is traditions of men, and and Peter says, listen, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by traditions from your fathers, everything. That, and man, I hate to say this, but everything that the Catholic Church is believing for salvation. Peter says that's not it here in 1 Peter 1.18. Sacramental system, beginning with infant baptism, then first Holy Communion, and, uh, uh, penance, uh, uh, what do you, the confessional marriage is a sacrament, and then the final extreme unction at the end, and uh, the seven sacraments. And I was... Uh, well, even the Pope says if you are not a member of the, church, of the Catholic Church, you cannot get to heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exclusivity. Yeah, but and, nowhere uh, in Scripture does it say that. You know, I am old enough to remember when Catholics really believed that. I don't run into Catholics today that believe that, but they did back when I was young. If you weren't Catholic, you weren't. You were going to hell. Yeah, you were done. Period. Doomed. And so, when a person receives Christ as Savior, they're justified, they're redeemed, and they're reconciled. Mm-hmm. Which reconciled literally is now your you. You are achieving peace with God, Romans 5.1. Therefore, having been justified by faith in Jesus Christ, right, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Pretty simple, isn't it? Yeah. When a person receives Christ as Savior, they're justified, redeemed, reconciled, and sanctified, meaning that you are set apart for God's work. 1 Corinthians 6.11. And such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. The Holy Spirit does his work to show you Christ as a Savior. You believe unto Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That is what this is talking about. And then you're sanctified, you're set apart because you're saved. So when a person receives Christ as Savior, they're justified, redeemed, reconciled, sanctified. Now watch. Every one of these things are things that God does for us. The sacraments are, every one of them are the exact opposite. It's what man has to what do. what we have to do to right. appease God's wrath. And then you say, if you Great could point. be saved by sacrament, why did Jesus have to die? Yeah. That was the eye opener for me. A girl asked me that. I thought, well, I have to do these things. And she said, they're already done. Right. What do you mean? She said, you have you ever heard the phrase Christ died for me? I'm like, yeah, but I had never got it. Christ 
died to pay for my sins. If I believe that, not just with my mind, right. not just little words, but from my heart, with the heart man right. believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And it's so simple. you got to become as a child, Jesus said, or you miss it. Meaning that you believe as a child. Yeah. Right? You don't Jesus. complicate it. You just, yeah. just it's believe true. it. Yeah. It's true. And you believe it. And when all that happens, as when a person receives Christ as Savior, justified, redeemed, reconciled, sanctified, and then this is what trips people up in the Catholic Church, mm-hmm. born again. Words of Jesus. The literal words of Jesus. You must be born again. I've had people well-meaning, but, but blind and say, you know, I'm not a born again, Christian. Uh, if you're not born again, you're not a Christian. You're not a Christian. That's look here. First Peter one twenty three. having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Everything fits, doesn't it? So 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Then it goes on. Old things have passed away. Behold, let me get your attention. All things have become new. The all things is not a new body, but it is a new way of thinking. You now think along a the lines of scripture. song in my heart. New eyes. You know, I, I look at women as my sisters and... And my mother's not sex toys, you know, it just, he changes everything and, you know, from my old nature, right? you know, and I wanted to be drunk with alcohol. Now I want to be drunk in the Holy spirit. <laughs> and the Bible says, do not be drunk in excess. Don't yeah, be drunk yeah. with alcohol. Yeah. Right. And, and even I didn't even know those verses mm-hmm. and yet the spirit inside of me was producing this inside of me. Right. And then, I, you, you know, know why? I, because God doesn't fail and the Holy spirit convicts yeah, you of things that the word of God warns us about. And he's inside of me now. He's speaking to me. He's guiding me. He's changing my thinking, changing my desires. Right. Uh, I'd hear humor that I, dirty humor that I used to thought was so funny. And now I hear it's like, that stinks, man. Yeah. I, right. I don't want to hear that. Because the things of the world are enmity against God. Yeah. And it's not like I think I'm better than somebody else. I just, I don't want to hear filth. Right. I don't want right. to see it. I don't want to hear it. But see, all those things we mentioned is fully accomplished at the moment of salvation when we believe unto Jesus Christ with all of our heart. I remember what was happening to me back in those early days. I, I didn't know the Bible verses, but the Holy Spirit in me was quick. Uh, Ephesians says you were quickened, made alive, right. illuminated by the Holy Spirit. Right. And so, like, I this is what I, I, I can't do this anymore. And then I'd read a Bible verse that said, don't do this. I'm like, I'm not in argument with the scriptures because the spirit inside of me bears witness of what the scripture says. Right. It's the same thing. Right. The God who yep. is convicting me is the God who wrote the scripture. Right. Duh. Right. <laughs> Listen, the Catholic viewpoint though, is that salvation must be maintained by good works. Mm-hmm. Right. So it must be maintained by good works and participation in the sacraments. Mm-hmm. I've heard it's put this way. I, I like it, but there's nowhere in scripture. Sacraments say do, the cross says done, it is finished. It's what we do or what he did. 
Yeah. And then when we believe in what he did, then we're made alive. Then we're quickened. Then right. we're illuminated. Right. Then we're empowered. And all those things God justifies, us, sanctifies, us, says, and and it isn't anything that we're doing that made that happen. It's what we believe. Now that it's happening, mm-hmm. then the good works start to follow. I'll right. show you my faith. Well, James says, yeah. James says, you want you want to see what I believe? I'll Watch what you. I do. Yeah, I'll show you what I believe by my works. That's right. Exactly. It's the works don't save you, but they show that you've been saved. Exactly. And that's what Luther's thing was all about. Yep. And Bible Christians, listen, we don't deny the importance of good works. We don't. We understand that good works yeah. show our yeah. faith. When you and, buy me lunch, that's a good work. I'm I'm all about it. Right. And and, and we don't and we don't deny ordinances. Yeah. We follow the ordinances yeah. of God. The ones that are in the Bible. In of God. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. exactly right. <laughs> eat meat on Friday? That's not in the Bible. <laughs> Dude, I will eat a steak Monday through Sunday, man. Yeah, amen. Right? Uh, the difference is that Christians view these things as a result of salvation, not a requirement yes. for salvation. Say that again, John. Or a means of maintaining salvation. Say that one more time. That's beautiful. Because that's what it is, right? The difference between Catholicism and Christianity is that Christians view these things as a result of salvation, not a requirement for Amen. salvation or a means of maintaining salvation. God did it. Jesus, God the Father, sent his son Jesus Christ to die on the cross, and when Jesus died on the cross, he completed all of it. Now we just stay obedient to what Jesus says. One sacrifice once for all, all to save forever those who believe. Salvation is an accomplished work purchased by the atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ. 1 John 2, 2. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins. It's payment, propitiation, satisfaction of the wrath. And not for ours only, but also for the whole world that would believe in Jesus. Amen. Here we are, 8,000 miles away from where the cross stood. And it's for us. Yeah, two thousand years later, in mm-hmm. a Hungarian background. What are you? I'm German, Italian, and Cherokee Indian. Oh, that explains it. <laughs> <laughs> I know where the wild side came from. All the above, <laughs> dude. Italians are crazy. Germans are insane. Yeah, and we're Cher- hard workers, though. I got some German blood. Yeah, in me. and and Cherokee Indians. They all they just set back the smoke pipes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I got some Cherokee in me. Huh? Oh my goodness! So listen, uh, one one of the things though when we talk about, you know, it's not it's not what Christ it's not Christians is what Jesus has done in our lives that make us a Christian, and it's what is His atoning work. And I my brother in law one time got upset with me, and he's like, John, you don't own Christianity. And I said, you're right, I don't, but I know the one who does. Amen. Amen. And it's Jesus Christ, right? I'm just telling you that there's one way to heaven. It's Jesus only. There is no other way. And if you hold on to the traditions of men, and that's that's what the Catholic Church does ultimately, right? I mean, I'm not trying to be offensive. I'm just trying to say... Uh, history proves that uh, traditions of men, the scriptures say, send you to hell, mm-hmm. right? And God offers us salvation and assurance of salvation because Jesus's sacrifice was fully, completely, and perfectly sufficient. Amen. 
the atoning blood of Jesus. Plus nothing, minus nothing. And if we receive God's gift of salvation, we can know that we are saved. 1 John 5, 13. These Let things, me read this. Go ahead, brother. These things have I written unto you, the word of God, who believe, how simple, in the name of the Son of God, Jesus, that you may know, K-N-O-W, you may no. know, absolute assurance, you may know. Not hope so, maybe you so. have. Not, maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Find out. No, you have. Present yeah. tense. What do we have? Eternal life, and that you may continue to believe. Present tense. In the name of the Son, the Son of, God. of God. That's Jesus. beautiful, isn't it? That's God talking to us, oh, man. man he couldn't it. get any sweeter than that. Right? Man, what a God. Christ's sacrifice does not need to be reoffered or represented. Mm -hmm. Hebrews 7, 27. Who does not need daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifice sacrifices for First for his own sins and then for people's. For this he did once for all when he was offered up himself, Jesus Christ. Hebrews 10.10. 10. By, by that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. 1 Peter 3.18. For Christ also suffered once for sins, that the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God being put to death in the flesh but made alive by the Spirit, that he can bring us to God. Nothing else, no one else. Jesus only. Mm -hmm. Christ's once-for-all sacrifice was absolutely and perfectly sufficient, John 19.30. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished, and bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. Mm -hmm. The sacrifice, the greatest moment in the history of the universe when the Son of God died upon the cross for our sins and cried out, it is finished. Second greatest moment in the history of the universe is when somebody cries out. It's when somebody who knows about it tells somebody who doesn't. And they believe. What an opportunity we have to share the gospel. And here's the thing. Jesus' sacrifice was full payment for all of our sins 1 John 2, 2, and he himself is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. Mm -hmm. And so as a result, all of our sins are forgiven and we're promised eternal life, right? In, in heaven, the moment we receive the gift God offers us, and that is salvation through Jesus Christ, which we have said again, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should Believe. Believe. In him would not perish but have everlasting life. Catholic friend, listen. If you desire this so great salvation, Hebrews 2, 3, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salva salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him? How shall we escape hell? If we neglect so great a salvation, Jesus Christ. If so, if you want this great salvation, then you have to receive it as well. John 1, 12. But as many as received him, Jesus, to them, Jesus gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. Receive it. Believe and receive. And it's only through faith in Christ, Romans 5.1, therefore, having been justified by 
faith, not works, by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so God loves us and offers us salvation as a free gift. John 3, 16. Take for the God, gift, take the gift, right? take the gift. <laughs> for whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. And if we receive his grace by faith, we have salvation as our eternal possession. Look here, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. For by grace, God's grace, you have been saved through faith, your belief in God's grace of Jesus Christ, and that not of yourselves is the gift of God. Verse 9 goes on, not of works. Couldn't be any clearer, could it? Not of works. Not of sacrament. Not of work. Not. It's a gift. It's a gift. Christ paid for our sins right. by the shedding of his blood. One sacrifice once for all in the, in the Catholic doctrine books. I've studied them. It talks about the sacrifice of the mass. It's like, no, there was one sacrifice right. once for all. And once saved, nothing can separate us from his love. Romans 8, 38 and 39. And this is probably one of my favorite passages in scripture. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate us. Nothing can remove us from his hand. John 10 28 through 29, and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. And then in 30, he says, I and my Father, Father are, are one. Amen. Hallelujah. The deity, absolute deity of Jesus. Hey. The deity of the Father and of the Son oh, and of the man. Holy Spirit. I give unto them. Eternal life. Eternal life. As we believe. Amen. Listen, if you desire this salvation, if you desire to have all your sins forgiven, if you desire to have full assurance of salvation, if you desire direct access to God who loves you, all you have to do is believe unto Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior with your heart, not your head, and you will be saved. Ask him. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth salvation is made salvation. <laughs> For with the heart, man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is, is made, made unto salvation. We both threw a blank. Right? Listen, guys, this is the salvation that Jesus died to provide and that God offers as a gift. Hey, if this has helped you, please like, share, subscribe, and follow. And until next time, God bless. God bless.